Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing top leadership skills and how you cultivate those skills. My first question is, what are the traits and characteristics of exceptional leaders? Tina, what would you say? Well, thanks, Amanda. I have three, authenticity, compassion, and integrity. I think authenticity through actions where you walk the walk and talk the talk, and you're genuine to principles and have the ability to communicate that vision to others. I think compassion is is very important, having the ability to understand others, respect their positions, and have empathy. Uh, it's very important for a leader to be able to communicate on all levels, uh, to, to all levels of management and non-management, and have that uh, ability to um, uh, relate in an empathic manner. And integrity, having a strong, respected reputation that others can aspire to. Rachel, how do you feel about this? Thanks, Tina. When I was in high school, I was in color guard. And before my junior year, I went to a band leadership camp where I was told that leaders are like picture frames. They're not the focus. They hold everything together so that the team can shine. And I really like that. I think a strong leader should understand that they're not the star of the show. They're directing the show and keeping the show together. I think that a strong leader is open-minded. They're able to listen to their team members and trust their skills and expertise. I also think that strong leaders are appreciative of the work that's done. I think they're calm. They don't they don't raise their voice. They don't they don't have tantrums. Uh, they're fair, I th- and I think this links with what Tina was saying about having a compassionate leader. They're fair and compassionate, but they're firm as well. They have their they have their standards and they they expect people to stick to them, but they're also warm. They make an effort to be approachable so that their team members can come to them uh, with any concerns and not feel threatened. Lynn, what's your image of a great leader? Well, you know, this is one of those questions that, you know, I agree with some of the things you've said, but I also think I've got a a different way to look at this. And I'm going to start with what Tina said, core values such as integrity and honesty, they've always been of vital importance in how I evaluated and worked with managers and leaders. You know, in addition, um, my perception of the traits and characteristics of exceptional leaders has really evolved during the course of my career and experience. You know, early in my career, I valued leaders with strong coaching skills. Um, As my skills and experience expanded, I thrived under visionary leadership and uh, what you said, Rachel, about that frame, providing that picture frame. And, you know, at now at this stage of my life, I strive to combine multiple styles as a leader, um, coaching, uh, visionary, affiliative, and, and really pace setting. And, you know, over the years, I absolutely excelled with different leadership styles and traits and characteristics of the individual leaders. And they've all had a profound impact on my performance. So when leaders demonstrated that integrity, honesty, and compassion, and and Tina talked about this, it 
it inspired me to do my very best work. And they led by example and working hard or, or if not even harder than the team members. And in my mind, this made them, you know, truly exceptional. I appreciate your diverse ideas on what makes quality leaders. Which leadership skills help you engage, inspire, and motivate others? Rachel? Thanks, Amanda. I think that one of the most inspiring things for myself when I've been under management is having a manager who can listen. Um, I know I've already mentioned this in the previous question, but I think that listening is a skill that one has to practice. And um, But of course, one also has to be able to lead, of course. And a good leader has strong organization skills. They know what needs to be done when they, they're they're the ones who are guiding the team. And if they don't have a, their finger on the pulse of what's happening um, and they don't have a clear direction, then the entire team is without a direction. I think, I think that a very good skill that um, leaders can have is the ability, and this might be seen as a little strange, but the ability to read the mood, the mood of the individual and the mood of the room. Uh, what I mean by this is, I'll give an example. Um, I'm also, while I'm doing my PhD, I'm also a tutor, as in I, I teach tutorial sections and classes. And in this role, I have to be able to read the mood of the class. So there was a particular class that is usually very, very energetic and very involved, but they were just tired and wiped. So I read that mood and I, I got them to stand up and just let them shake it out for a minute. And I think that that's a good thing for a leader to do. I know we've talked about in other podcasts being able to to energize your team by by having them do the hokey pokey or race their little uh, robot cars or uh, remote control cars. And I think that can be very helpful um, in inspiring and moving your team forward. Uh, Lynn mentioned leaders who have strong coaching skills. I think that the ability to nurture the the talents and the, the potential of your team workers um, is very, very helpful, especially if, if they're in that kind of beginning stages of their career. As Lynn was saying, maybe that's not completely appropriate if your team is full of experts, then they don't need to be nurtured, they need to be inspired. So um, in that case, I think having the skill to, to communicate your ideas clearly and, and in a way that gets people excited those are some of the some of the many skills that I think exceptional leaders would have. What would you say, Lynn? What are the the skills that a leader needs? You know, I think it's an important element of style, um, and that's layered with the skills um, that set us apart as leaders. And and I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by this. So you could have great communication skills. You know, write clear, concise emails, respond promptly and provide thorough information. However, if your style of communication is negative, it completely overpowers the skill. Um, you don't receive any benefit from the skill of being a great communicator because how can you expect a positive outcome if you only act negatively? So that's one example. Um, second, your actions speak louder than any inspirational speech you will ever give. When you lead by example, you know, hard work 
and and you do what you say you will do. Um, that absolutely sets you apart um, in my mind as a leader. And that's the type of skill um, that engages and inspires and motivates. Um, when you inject that kind of positive, positivity, <laughs> enthusiasm, and passion in your actions, um, your leadership skills will shine. And it's so much easier to do just what I said, to engage you know, your team members, to get them inspired and motivate others you know, when your actions are leading the way. Tina, what would you like to add? Well, I would like to underscore everything you said there. It is a matter of style, isn't it? And um, communication. You know, we can't expect others to know what our vision is unless we, we share it and we live it. Uh, so uh, communication and, and back to what Rachel was saying with listening and you consider a leader to be a conductor and all of the different parts of the orchestra need to come together. But you need to talk with the strings differently than you talk with the brass, than you need, than you then you're going to do with the um, uh, with the, the timpani. Um, so you you have different ways of of communicating. So that it's all a style, and it's being able to communicate and keep that vision in everyone's mind. Um, I believe resiliency from a leader is extremely important, particularly in times of struggle, showing that 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 you're just going to keep going and keep that vision and keep that path going. Passion and respect, um, I think, are are critical for a good leader. Um, and I think anyone that that is within a, an organization, look for that. Um, I know for me, if I have to have respect for the organization and the people with whom I am associated. Or I'm going to fail. I, I just I won't connect, and it will not be um, a healthy environment. Um, and I I do think that uh, having a passion for a leader must have a passion for what for what they're doing, uh, because that will trickle to all all areas of a yeah, of an organization. Does it require a type of courage to be an aspiring leader, Lynn? What do you think? Absolutely, yes. Yes, it takes a lot of courage. Um, you must take action to ensure that rogue team members are either retrained and, and when necessary, removed. Um, that takes courage on the part of a leader to take that kind of action, to make sure that they see it through. Um, along with preserving your internal team, you may need to protect them from disruptive peers or managers. Um, I, I, one thing I think is crucial for a leader, and this this goes back to what we've been talking about with resiliency, respect, and integrity, is gosh darn it, admit when you're wrong, you know? Or you made a decision that didn't work out. <laughs> Do not be constricted by a bad choice. Recognize that you can change your choice. You know, you pivot and you move forward. And that is one thing that I have seen over and over again in business is that either individuals or companies will not, they'll just keep entrenching themselves and they'll keep digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper. So you know what? Own it. Stand up and move on, okay? Because everybody makes mistakes. It happens all the time. And sometimes those mishaps and those missteps can lead to brilliant things. So just own it, 
And uh, that's one thing that I think is the most important part of courage for an inspiring leader. Um, Tina, what would you like to add? Well, that's a tough act to follow. My gosh, that's fabulous. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. A leader must have courage. Um, a leader must make difficult decisions and have the ability to communicate it. And it takes courage to presume that others are going to follow you with that path. It takes courage to stay the course or change the course for the better of the company and the people within the company. Uh, I think being a leader, there's a great onus on being a good leader. And I think it's one of the most difficult of positions um, to, and, and one of the largest responsibilities to, to have that onus to, to show the vision and create the vision and have people follow. Rachel, what do you feel? When I looked at this question, I was, I took it to mean like when you're entering um, leadership roles. And I think for a moment, I, I feel like perhaps I've been in Ireland for a bit too long. Because for me, when I saw that, I thought, well, yes, sometimes it takes courage to step into a leadership role. But I feel that many times you you step into a leadership role out of necessity. There's there's a gap and and you just take the lead there. Now, this would be in a less formal thing when you've been promoted to manager, but taking lead of a project, for example, or whatever it may be, it's just you step in and you you just keep on carrying on. And so that's that's the first thing that came to my mind, which I think reflects a lot of the Irish attitude. But when it comes to purposefully stepping into a leadership role, yes, I would agree that that does take a certain kind of courage, that 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 notion to raise your hand and say, yes, I can, I can take the lead on this, I can guide us through this, that that takes at least some level of confidence, which I think also takes some level of courage. Um, because when you're doing that, you are putting yourself on the line. I did say that, you know, you're the picture frame, but if the picture falls apart, it's because you didn't do your job. And when things go wrong, it'll all fall on you. But when things go right, um, you know, you might actually get most of the credit. But hopefully you would make sure that the credit is given to the team who put in all the work. Does that make sense? So I think I think that there is a lot of courage in that. You know, you're putting yourself out there. Although inspired by what Lynn and Tina were saying, you know, you have to be you have to be brave to, as Lynn said, admit that you're wrong. You have to be brave to make those decisions when you don't necessarily know how they're gonna how they're gonna end up. You have to make a judgment call there, and that can be that can be a bit scary because again, you're putting yourself out on the line, and so you have to have a kind of courage to do that. And I think that there's also a kind of courage to let yourself fall into that background, into, into being that picture role, or that I'm sorry, that picture frame role, as opposed to being in the spotlight and the leader of the band, if that makes sense. And I think that also takes a kind of courage. So yes, short answer, yes. Although sometimes you don't necessarily realize how brave you're being because you take on that role out of necessity. This has been such a great discussion so far. I love hearing your different ideas on leadership and courage. We have one more question and it comes from Petra in Tulare, California. Petra asks, what are additional resources I can pursue to acquire and hone my leadership skills? Tina, what advice would you give Petra? Petra, there are so many resources available to enhance leadership skills. Uh, and it really depends upon where, where you best learn. So their colleges have classes, um, business journals have articles, there are multitudes of business books out there. 
Uh, and if you have a particular business leader that you're drawn to or a company that you're drawn to, you can look that up to see if that if a person in that company or their leader has has written a book or articles and follow up with that. Um, if you're on LinkedIn, there are a number of, of great resources on LinkedIn, including something called an influencer. And if you have, uh, again, if you have a business leader or a company that, that you'd like to follow or that you'd like to um, learn more about, that's another great way to get, uh, get information. Um, there are a number of online publications which can arrive in your mailbox on a daily basis. Um, one of which, and I happen to subscribe to, is Smart Brief on Leadership. And every day I get uh, a number of topics that are uh, topical, topics that are topical, but uh, that, that uh, are, are very helpful in, in my approach to uh, working and managing with people. Lynn, I'm sure you have some ideas here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your point, along with the breadth of resources that we offer at Petite to Queen, there are many excellent books, um, uh, TED Talks, and a myriad of local opportunities. Um, some of my favorite books, and I'm going to give a shout out here to How the Mighty Fall by Jim Collins. So it sort of tells you what not to do. <laughs> um, Getting Naked by Patrick Clinconi. Um, the title is, it really is a business book. Great book. Easy, quick read. Um, love it. Um, the One Minute Manager uh, by Kevin Blanchard and Spencer Johnson. This is a classic, um, but it's a great book. You know, and your industry, whatever industry you're in, uh, Petra, there are usually associations you can join. Um, they have learning opportunities to participate in, such as educational forums or luncheons um, with speakers. Um, the same is true for your local chamber of commerce or other um, business organizations in your community. Uh, you know, and I think really the most important thing you can do is to walk the walk. I mean, Rachel sort of alluded that. You just you step into that position and you, you have that courage to just start doing the job. The courage to recognize that maybe you'll fail, but you're going to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep moving forward. And I think another great resource is right there in front of you, your managers and your peers. Um, ask them where you can improve. Um, and, and then you just you search out these all the resources, a world of resources um, to help to achieve that. Uh, and, and you make the commitment um, to do the work and lead by example. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> my passionate speech, what would you like to add? He was very passionate. Uh, I think Lynn and Tina, you both you both really hit all the marks. Um, as Tina said, there's college colleges classes that you can take. You can get even management certificates or leadership certificates from these colleges, of course, for a fee. Um, you can look around and see if there are any seminars, free or paid, at local universities or colleges or organizations or associations that Lynn mentioned, or maybe even at your local library. So Lynn and Tina both mentioned reading some good business books, and if you don't want to invest all the money into purchasing all of them and reading them once and then never looking at them again, although you might look at them several times if they're quite good. Um, but you can go to the library and, and check them all out and see which ones really speak to you. I've mentioned this in a few podcasts now. You can also use your library to, to connect with websites that can teach you good skills through, through websites such as lynda.com, although even the, the TED Talks can be quite helpful. Um, 
And I think Lynn was right about just talking to the people in front of you. I know that uh, in my positions, I've often spoken to the people around me to, to see how, how they handle things and what ideas they have and also sharing my own tips. And that can really foster your own leadership style, but it also fosters some good friendships. So that's always a plus. I think that a good way, and if we've talked about being brave already, and here's here's another chance of being brave. So Tina did mention following some of your your leader inspirations, the people that you um, admire in their leadership styles. You can follow them on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever it may be. But I think that if you really want to pick their brain, you might be able to reach out to them directly. You know, it would be more helpful if it's someone more local than if you're reaching out to Mark Zuckerberg, who probably has a pretty busy schedule. But, you know, reach out to them and say, hey, can can we meet up or start a, a direct correspondence here? Because I would really love to get your ideas. And I think that that's a, a infrequently used resource when you're trying to to build up your own leadership style. But Petra, I think that probably the best way for you to build your leadership style is through practice through taking leadership roles at your own job and projects or um, to to take a leaf out of Tina's book to see about volunteering and volunteering to head some projects for your local organizations and charities that that really speak to you. So I think that those are some really great ways to to pursue your leadership skills. Thank you, Tina, Lynn, and Rachel. I hope your advice is helpful for Petra and others looking to improve their leadership skills. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite de Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. Mm-hmm.